Yeah, so listen, I'm a size medium, but I, I'll, I'll take a large every now and then. Yeah, okay, and JB is a size extra large, so make sure you send one for both of us. If you, oh, oh sorry, we're, we're on. Bye. Sorry, JB, my bad. What are you up to there, Frank? You going well, shopping or something? You guess like you got some new. We got some new shirts uh, rocking this week, or yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm sw swag central. Apparently, uh, I I have a crapload of uh, stuff to send to you. I think that's the official term for uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, as we've been getting sure. uh, lots of inquiries. Uh, see, Mike Palazzo, coach uh, down at uh, Montclair, sent us. These polos and a new T-shirt and uh, wristband also, uh, and uh, that was a surprise. We've had other schools inquiring this week after seeing uh, this swag, and I'm going to be redoing that wall back there for season 14. So, whatever folks want to send us, now's the time because in June we're going to be uh, kind of going through it, getting it fixed up, making things look right around here, uh, like a uh, Division Three video show should look like. What do you think? Sounds good. I might have to fix my, my background too. I mean, I am rocking the, the Quinn Minard's uh, shirt. He's going to be drafted probably in two weeks. I think right now he's actually doing a, a pro day up in, up in Wisconsin, Whitewater. So we wish him luck. Um, there's been a track record, Frank, now, you know, since 2015, there's about, I don't know, like four, maybe soon to be five guys in the NFL who came from the D3 ranks, you know, starting with our, Good friend Ali Marpet. I mean, you know, maybe guys like Ben Barch and, and Matt Gono aren't household names because they didn't block for a, a guy named Tom Brady. But there is a proven track record of these big guys, and, and Quinn certainly seems to fit the mold. Will he break the record, though? Will he get picked before number 61? That's a big question, and a lot of draft experts seem to think that he could. But it's, it's hard, kind of hard to believe, in a way, Frank, that a guy with no senior season – Kind of went through COVID. I mean, obviously shined at the at the Senior Bowl. But either way, whether he gets picked in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever round, we wish him well, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk to him maybe with Allie, you know, a couple of weeks down the road as we kind of wrap things up off after the uh, the spring season's finally over. Well, look, I think the notion for draft and uh, signing ability for D three players was if you were a really really good player, uh, because there's a lack of uh, players compared to normal uh, from Division One. Some schools didn't play, uh, so not everybody True. is out there. Uh, you would have a real chance, but on in the converse, I guess, if you didn't have a real good resume coming in, there's no way you're going to get seen or picked because they want to see the on-the-field level. So Quinn Miners had the ability and it's not a luxe out, but I think he has a better than average chance to go high because of the situation yep. that we're seeing right now. And he'll make the most of it, and he is making the most of it with his skill and ability right now. So it's it's interesting to watch how this all plays out. Uh, there's still a lot of guys from last year that still deserve chances in the uh, big, uh, the, you know, the the big what. Uh, NFL's the big light spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> they're looking for spotlight. Yeah, but uh, nonetheless, you know, we also have to look forward because there's plenty of guys coming into this uh, situation over the next couple of years and how to navigate it. It's going to be really tough. We'll have to have uh, Mr. Riddleman back on to talk about his uh, showcase uh, next year yeah. probably and see uh, what 
his thoughts and uh, ideas are because last time we talked to him was pre-COVID, unfortunately. Uh, they still uh, were going yeah. through some stuff this year, and we'll see where it goes. Anyway, it's Thursday. It's not Friday. Uh, we're going live. Uh, we figured that since I have to do a closing tomorrow, yeah, I really am a lawyer, folks. I swear. Uh, job, man. Gets in the way of in the huddle. What the heck? <laughs> we need to go live, and we need to run our intro. Here we go. It's season 13 of In the Huddle. It's over. Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. It, it took some uh, ingenious uh, thoughts one day to dubstep up our original theme song a little bit uh, into that, and uh, I kind of like it. I, I think it's befitting it's catchy. college football uh, podcast. Anyway, folks, we have a lot of games that have not uh, canceled yet. <laughs> I guess is the way <laughs> to say it. Uh, we have a lot of it's, games that did it's... cancel. Yeah, it's starting. Um, so we figured we might as well do it now and see it. So we actually get close to the to the right number. I think before today we were flirting around thirty, and now we're down to twenty-two. Um, we'll see if we go below twenty before Friday night is over. But fingers crossed. Have some big games this weekend to sort of what I call the first part of the grand finale of uh, spring D three football. Well, uh, let's uh, go right into it here. What's left, and uh, we'll comment on what's not on this list uh, when we uh, go through it here a little bit. Uh, one really disappointing uh, omission is going to be the Aurora game uh, we uh, just learned before we started this. That's gone. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I actually misspoke. I, I misspoke in the, the podcast earlier this week because it was a little confusing because the NACC had canceled what was effectively their semifinal games, and that's when I thought you know the, the sort of the playoff matchups would be set up. And then all of a sudden they announced, well, no, actually what we're going to do is have the North and South Division champions, you know, Aurora and, and Lakeland, play each other on this Saturday. Well, press release just came out. That game's off. So I guess the good news for those two teams is that they finished the season undefeated, but they never really had a chance to kind of get on the field and see – who was the best of this group of the NACC, which is a shame because it has been fun watching, you know, Gavin Zimbelman play these last you know, few weeks and kind of getting to know him. Although I'm sure you, you, you know, you kind of heard about him before you know, with the whole, you know, Gillardi trophy. Um, I think he was a semifinalist back in 2019. will probably be on the national radar, you know, come this fall, but that's a shame because that was a, a championship caliber game that we're not going to get, but you know, COVID or other protocols, notwithstanding. So be it, we at least do have one, guaranteed championship game on Friday night, which should be really great. Well, let's go to the schedule. I'm going to let you run through it real quick here, uh, what we do have on it, and uh, put it up on the screen here. Uh, and uh, we, we can get it down to one page. That's the good news. So go right ahead. Okay. Well, as, as, we can, as you can kind of see, Frank, a lot of the, the usual suspects on the, on the left-hand side you know, the, the, the Pennsylvania Athletic Conference or the PAC, a full slate of games. 
that's leading up to their crossover championship that's going to happen next weekend. So we'll we'll have more on that next week. But obviously, the big the big matchup that everyone's been talking about, Heidelberg and Mount Union for the OAC Ohio Athletic Conference title on Friday night. Unfortunately, the undercard of John Carroll at Ohio Northern was just canceled. That would have been a great matchup. It always is every year. Uh, but we have a couple of you know games. Uh, between Wilmington and Marietta and, and Muskingum and, and Otterbein, which should be solid as well. The HCAC, we've learned, basically is just kind of going to go into the clubhouse after this weekend. Uh, Hanover is not going to play Anderson. Uh, that game is canceled. Manchester is coming back uh, after two or three weeks off to host Saint, Mount St. Joseph. Uh, Defiance at Franklin should be a good game, but Rose Holman at Bluffton, Frank, is probably one of the better games of the weekend, and we'll talk a little more about that. Uh, Lake Forest and Coach Cat are, are traveling just down the road to Illinois College. And then we have a bunch of games on the right side in the Midwest, ranging from, you know, schools from South Dakota going to Illinois and Milliken at Carthage, which is an interesting game in the CCIW. Both of those teams are, are I think, 2-0 and and 1-0, respectively. The MIAA is back after a week's hiatus with a couple of games. The ARC is went from four games to one. So at least you got Nebraska Wesley and a co in the Midwest. And then Eureka Concordia um, should be good as well as I think the last game of the evening, Frank's going to be Wisconsin Lutheran at Benedictine at eight o'clock on, on Saturday night. And then interestingly enough, we've got some crossover games, including some East region schools, Lebanon Valley uh, at Alvernia is being played on Sunday. That's a, that's a conference like Mac game. Um, but then, as I said, some of the crossover, speaking of Mac, Wilkes is going to host Catholic, which is nice to see them back out there after a long hiatus. And then Wittenberg is traveling to a NIA school in Indiana called Taylor University. And Augsburg, who was supposed to play the University of St. Thomas, uh, which was a former MIAC team, which is now going into the Pioneer League. Uh, maybe I'll see them when they come down to play Stetson in, in the fall here in the Orlando area. But uh, that Augsburg's UST game was canceled or postponed. Augsburg has pivoted, and now they are going to travel to Martin Luther to play them at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Also missing from the schedules, Wesley uh, hosting Lackawanna uh, Juco uh, Community College. Uh, Lackawanna had a COVID issue. And uh, let's just get the direct quote from Chip Knapp. Uh, last night, I had sent him a note asking him what, where that left things for them. And his answer was, unfortunately, that ends our season. Yeah. Yeah. Sad but true. Uh, not just their season, but Wesley football. Uh, if you haven't already, go watch or listen to, rather, the uh, Around the Nation podcast uh, that was released yesterday. That's Wednesday. Uh, Pat Coleman and Keith McMillan especially uh, go through uh, the Wesley situation with anecdotes, for their own anecdotes and anecdotes from a bunch of people uh, that have been affiliated with the program. Former for the players, last... alums, yep. yeah, also coaches. Yeah, it's great. So they, they basically you know play you a series of different uh, voicemail messages that, that they left uh, Pat on his phone and a lot of great memories dating back to the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s from a wide variety of players. And we've certainly um, appreciated having you know, some of those guys over the years on the show. And um, we hope the current uh, Wolverines, you know, hope, whether it's Delaware State or wherever they end up landing, we wish them all the best of luck. It's a, it's a shame that, that this is happening. It's obviously going to probably continue to happen. You know, Becker College closing down. 
up in Worcester. And, you know, I have a feeling, I think and you've said this to me off the air, but June could be a rough month for a lot of these smaller um, private colleges around the country. We could see a lot more teams uh, closing down versus ramping up uh, for the fall, which is unfortunate. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And it, it's, I think, you know, we lost McMurray also, uh, Occidental uh, scrapped their football program. Uh, there's going to be some combination of, I think, scrapping of football programs and scrapping of schools altogether uh, coming up here uh, because of yeah. uh, the COVID mess and budgets and everything else that goes into this enrollment issues. Uh, so fasten your seatbelts. Uh, we're probably going to have to do shows this summer to talk about some of the uh, carnage that will likely happen. Uh, to some of our Division Three uh, compatriots out there, uh, the schools uh, out there. So, you know, uh, sad but true. It's reality. We got to face it. Something else we got to face. Uh, we had a question uh, or comment really on Twitter uh, that I woke up to this morning uh, from uh, somebody that was asking the question if we thought that some schools may have been holding the carrot of spring football out with no real intentions to play it in hopes of getting the enrollment to occur. My answer was not impossible. Uh, We had uh, some of this in the fall, we think, uh, going on, or at least last summer, late last summer, when it came to the fall Mm -hmm. term. It's possible that some schools may have oversold the idea that they were going to play spring football. Uh, with that intention. We hope it's not true. Uh, But at the end of the day, we also hope that students made the decision to go uh, to school this term for the right reasons. I'm going to be also joining uh, Russell Terry on his show uh, down to Sports Radio 740 in Montgomery, Alabama, as I often do, right after this show is uh, done. We're going to talk about the transfer protocol, uh, transfer portal, excuse me, protocol, uh, that will allow Division One athletes to not wait a year for transfers. This, to me, really is an interesting decision to do it now instead of a year ago. I think this stands a chance of killing some schools, even in Division One. Not every Division One school is on firm ground uh, with their footing financially and all that stuff, folks. And... This yeah. is going to cause a real shift in where players play, ultimately. I, I just don't like the smell of what could be coming up here when it comes to scholarship divisions and allowing this to happen willy-nilly at the end of the day. What's your take on it? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not, I never purport to be an expert on all things NCAA because to me there seems always a lot of smoke and mirrors. They, they sort of say one thing but mean another, or you can interpret the language in, in different ways. And, and a lot of it does seem that it comes out a little sort of too little too late. I mean, like you said, I think like you just said, Frank, I mean, this might have been more helpful last year, but the fact that it's coming now after a whole year of, you know, hundreds of these different probes have had to, be forced on the sidelines, whether it's because of their state governments or the individual schools' policies, it's going to create a lot of movement, I think, uh, for good or bad. Um, because I think what we have seen in certain parts of the country is a, a greater willingness to um, find ways to play the game safely and keep the student athletes engaged and to 
get them back on campus and and kind of understand what the risks truly are. And then there's other places where they've just kind of were like, nope, we're not going to deal with anything. We'll just wait this thing out. You know, they're saying that they're following certain guidance and guidelines, but really what they're just doing is trying to avoid lawsuits and, you know, keep people paying tuition without really providing much value uh, other than just a video conference environment sort of like what we're offering here so <laughs> yeah although we're we're more informative and exciting i like to think that a zoom class uh we got one one so. minor problem here uh jb uh you're a little too tall for the shot right now because uh the yeah you, you have to shrink a little bit <laughs> nothing like live How's that? video better uh, you still got a little bit of a point on your head but at least we can see your hairline now that that's good news <laughs> there you go <laughs> So we didn't start going. the clock. No, 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 please. We, that would be really bad. Uh, we do want to see the Quinn Miner shirt, though. So uh, once we're done with this, pop back up. Okay, or do that. There you go. The belly of the beast. And uh, great cause. Eight minutes of the clock means that we got eight games we have to decide on here. I'm going to let you go f second here because I guess I went first, uh, or you went first last week. So it's my turn to go first. And so that means I'm going to start the music, start the clock, and go with Milliken at Carthage. Tough one here. Uh, two teams that are uh, doing decently uh, in the CCIW. I'm going to give the edge to Milliken. And you know what I've noticed? The road teams have not fared tremendously through the spring season overall. It seems like we've had a lot more home wins than away wins. But I'm going to buck the trend here a little bit. Milliken beats Carthage 31-20. Yeah, well, I mean, Carthage's only win is against a winless North Park, and you know, Milliken's been pretty battle-tested with wins over Illinois Wesleyan and Augustana, so I'm going to agree with you once again, Frank. I'll take the, I think they're the Spartans, I believe, um, Milliken to win this one. Mm. Oh, um, 35-27. Thank you. Mac, Lebval at Alvernia. I mean, we haven't seen Lebval at all. Uh, we've seen one game of Alvernia, and they hung in there okay against Stevenson. But, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll give Lebval the benefit of the doubt because they've had probably plenty of time to prepare for this. And So, yeah, I guess they'll, they'll win a sort of a shootout, let's say, 37 to 31. Alvernia looked like they were struggling against uh, the Mustangs last weekend uh, at Stevenson. I'm going to pick Ludval. Uh, I was tempted to go Alvernia, but they just didn't have the right kick, it seemed like, in that game. Ludval wins this one. 24-17. Staying in the East, Catholic at Wilkes in a crossover game. Wilkes had a sensational 2019. I just don't see how you can pick against them right now, though Coach yeah. Gutt and company uh, definitely were trying to get some games in in the fall. They've been dedicated to getting this thing off the ground. It's great to see them back in the field, and if they can pull the upset, tremendous. But Wilkes right now has got to be the favorite heading into this game based on 2019 uh, situations and you know what we know about each of these teams. So I'm going to give this edge to Wilkes by a... 
37-30 score. It's going to be, I think, a score fest. Yeah, I also like the I love uh, Coach Strack and the, and the Colonials or Colonels rather to to win this one. Probably a big second half for them. So forty-five to thirty-five. In the pack, Carnegie Mellon at Westminster. Westminster has been impressive, my friend. You pick. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Titans all the way. Just, um, you know, too much up front offensively. I think they'll run the clock, run the ball. I'll take the Titans to win. Uh, lower scoring game, though, probably 28 to 17. Upset alert. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, whenever I do that, you, you know it is an old boy. Uh, Carnegie Mellon. I, I think okay. Westminster may be uh, potentially uh, in a position to look past this game. And Carnegie Mellon needs uh, to really get the, their uh, act together here. And I think this is the game where it happens. Carnegie Mellon wins 21-20 in a very close, exciting game. I, I hope it is close and exciting at the very least. I plan on watching this one uh, when I have a chance when I'm down in the city tomorrow night. Uh, I go first on this one, which is Rose Holman at Lufton. Bluffton bounced back in a dramatic fashion last week. Rose Holman has kind of towed the line here very well uh, with uh, one loss, I believe, still in mm -hmm. the ACAC. Yep. Uh, Bluffton's tough at home. There's no doubt. And their defense seems to be getting it back together again. I'm going to give the edge to Bluffton. Uh, 27-20. Yeah, that's a good call because they, they, you are right. The Beavers are tough at home, but I'm I'm gonna I guess I'll play devil's advocate. I'll I'll take Rose Holman um, in a low-scoring defensive game. I think they'll eke it out at the end, sort of like what we saw Bluffton do to Defiance. So I'll even take the same score, 23 to 20. Rose Holman hangs in there. In the Midwest Conference, our good friend Coach Cat at Illinois College. I mean. Coach Cow would you know make me run laps if I didn't pick the Foresters. So <laughs> I think that you know with their uh, punt return special teams games, they'll find a way to win this one. It'll be closer than twenty-seven to two, um, but I'll take uh, I'll take Coach Cat and the Foresters twenty-one to ten. They got to get off to a better start than they did last weekend, and I'm going to blame the rain That's on true. that a little bit because of uh, the elements. Blame it on the rain, Frank. It's <laughs> like a song I'm going to have someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a, a strike on Facebook for even saying the lyrics on that? I don't know. Well, while Maybe. Tells, uh, Overture is uh, playing in the background loud enough to be stricken, I guess. Anyway, um, Lake Forest wins. I, I just think that there's too much talent on that team right now. But Illinois College, you can't look past them. So uh, it's going to mm -hmm. be somewhat close. I say Lake Forest wins this 30-24. Uh, and it helps if I get the next game up here. And our friends in Concordia, Wisconsin, they loved it when we showed them the uh, highlights or showed the highlights of them a couple weeks ago. We showed more last yep. weekend uh, from last weekend. But Eureka had a hell of a game on Saturday. And so this is a tough one to pick. I'm going to go Concordia based on being home here, actually. I think uh, they've been stronger at home, and they win this one. And we get to hear our favorite play-by-play -play announcer uh, this fall, 
Uh, go at it again, perhaps. I give it a 31-27 win, Concordia. That's what I was thinking, too, initially, because you know, James Lynn has been on fire um, for Concordia lately. But then, you know, if you look at the two different schedules, I mean, Eureka you know, beat Rockford this past weekend by almost 20 points. And I think um, I think Concordia lost to those guys by like a touchdown. So law of syllogism here on in the huddle. I'll, I'll take Eureka. Then the, I guess they're called the Red Devils. To, so once again, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and see if that you know similar opponent pans out. Who knows? We're we'll gonna wait and see. Give me a score. Um, thirty-five twenty-one. We, uh, unfortunately, are down to 40 seconds here for what I probably would call the head versus heart uh, type of uh, pick situation. Heidelberg at Mount Union, the OAC Championship. 30 seconds on the clock. Be fast. It's, does Mount Union ever lose regular season games or championship playoff games? I mean, it, I, honestly, I think we could call a timeout on the clock here and just make, you know, really make a case of what could Heidelberg do to have a chance at winning because the Raiders have been so stacked for so long. I don't know, but I guess, you know, you kind of have to pick the Raiders just because that's the, they've been the team of the decades. I mean, but I want the student princes to win too, because of everything they've gone through. It's, it's too hard to call for right? <laughs> right a decision. Make, make a decision. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm trying to, you know, play, play to win this competition between you and I 17 and four, got to take the Raiders. It's just their track record speaks for itself. Um, they always seem to find ways to win almost every single game that they play, no matter what. So, is that uh, the record is, by the way? The record? Our record. 17 and 4. We're both 17 and 4, yeah. We, so we're, we, we've been right wow. most of the time. Holy cow. I didn't realize we were that good this season. <laughs> more, more spring football, guys. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, look at this, Frank. I mean, literally, Mount Union has had – they won 11 games in 2019, 14 in 2018, 15 and 0 in 2017. Their worst season in the last almost 20 years was 12 and 2 in 2016. I mean – and that's that was the year they lost to John Carroll in the regular season. That was the that was the last time they lost a regular season game was all the way back on two thousand five. Huh? Was the previous time they lost in a regular season game two thousand five? Oh yeah, so yeah, it was November twelfth, twenty sixteen. They lost twenty twenty. Oh, so yeah, thirty one to twenty eight. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. But, I mean, we're picking Mount Union. We're both picking Mount Union to win. That said, that... Student Princess can pull it off. Why not? Game, it was in the the, weird... the game is that, that asterisk thing for Mount Union where what happened there uh, where, you know, they didn't blow out the team. And, but like you said, you know, it, everybody's going to have a bad game where they still win, you know, by two touchdowns instead of six touchdowns. Do I think Heidelberg gets the wheels blown off in this whole thing? No. 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 Or doors blown off or whatever uh, your slogan Maceo is. Matthews is going to be a factor in this game and could make things but, tough. 
But the, here's the problem. You have defensive backs that can shut down a guy like Maceo Matthews. They need a good number two receiver to basically spread the defense. And I haven't Running seen... game would help. <laughs> well, uh, who is it? Uh, Montavious uh, Yerby, is it? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Montavious sounds right, yeah. Uh, I think he goes by Tay Yerby, actually, uh, when we were listening to some of the audio, uh, getting things together earlier in the week. But uh, he can you know, reel off a 50-yard run uh, for a touchdown. But it, it takes two receivers two quality receivers and then the rest of your cast to be able to set off the defense a little bit. And that, that was my concern as I was thinking about this game is that I think you're going to have a lack of spread for receiver coverage going on. So the over the top is always going to be cheating to uh, Maceo Matthews side. That, that's my guess. And I think they'll be successful at doing that. Uh, take nothing away from Matthews. He's just an incredible athlete, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I pick Mount Union to win uh, 37-20. You say? Yeah, I think I think it'll be maybe like 31-17. to It might be a little lower scoring, but and, it, and I think it will be close going into the fourth quarter. That's predictions uh anything else that we want to talk about before we head into next week's shows well i'll give you a plug frank so if anyone who's who's still watching um and i, I think it will be posted after the fact but sports radio 740 740.com is where you can tune in to listen to frank in about uh, 15 minutes if you that ncaa stuff and obviously this will immediately you know post onto the uh onto the in the huddle archive and I can't believe we were up to 17 episodes um, of this spring. Although I know it kind of dates back into the into the fall when when you did the kind of on-site Secretary's Cup game, but uh, it's been a fun run. I, I think we've probably got one or two more left in us um, because we do want to talk about the Pack Championship next weekend, and there'll be a handful of other games here and there. And uh, but it's been a, it's been a fun ride to, to do this and. Um, I know you got your your birthday coming up on May second, so well, maybe for your birthday we can take a break from the show, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about editing any more clips. <laughs> well, look, I don't mind editing the clips. We get to do the live show, which means less editing for us uh, coming into this one. But uh, hey, crunch yeah. time's the labor of love. Uh, we we pull out clips, show it to you on Twitter as well. Uh, so you know, if you do enjoy the stuff we do, folks, let us know. Uh, let us know what you like or what you enjoy most because that's it's tough for us to gauge. We can see who's watching what for how long, not specifically who, but uh, the quantity of people. But we can't see, oh, I'm jumping to this part of the show or that part of the show. So let us know what you like, what you enjoy. And uh, if you want to throw some swag in uh, while you do that, feel free. Uh, nonetheless, folks, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully what we showed you earlier will play, but we'll see you next week.